there's a minig in Breslov and most chassidists that are enikoch of the Baal Shem Tov. On Achron Shal Pesach, to say over the story of the Baal Shem Tov was mitzava to his children, to say over the story of the greatness that happened to him personally on his geula on Achron Shal Pesach. Most of it is taken, as a, it's a combination from the Breslov version, but most of it was from the Skalya Rebbe on 45th Street and 18th Avenue that we used to go with Tati all the time. Every Achen Shepesach we would go to listen to the story. Tati loved the story the way he was a great storyteller, probably in, in addition to other things, we, I don't know, but we would go once a year Achen Shepesach to him to listen to the story. So a lot of the story I get from him and I will try to indicate what is from him and what's from Breslov so that the, we, we have a pure version. So to be able to express it and relate the nest and that we should be able to internalize this nest for ourselves and to understand that we can have our Yeshua from this. So let's just give a little bit of a history before we go into the actual story of the nest. Who was the Baal Shem Tov? <coughs> The Baal Shem Tov was about, I would say, I, I don't know the exact chronic, chronological time, but the Baal Shem Tov lived about 270 years ago, something like that. I would think in that range, maybe two, in that time, maybe 300 to 250 years ago, something like that in that range of time. And before the Baal Shem Tov was there, the, the, the Baal Shem Tov said that he came to be Oikr, the Beis in London. What was the Beis in London? The Beis in London was the, per, they, if you learned Torah, you were a tzaddik. And if you didn't learn Torah, you were a nobody. And Baal Shem Tov came to tell us, to teach us, that every Yid has a power, and we don't know the barometer of the Ebishtah. The most famous story of the Baal Shem Tov, before we even go into his later, most famous, because this is really Hagdama to the whole Hasidism, the whole thing of who the Baal Shem Tov was. It was the famous story with the Tamida Baal Shem Tov. Everybody knew the Tamida Baal Shem Tov. He called them the Shishim Gibarim. There were the 60 giants. And the Dabra Melch says, tell them Shishim Gibarim, Savivla. These were the Shishin Gebarim. They were able to be piled everything in Shemaim. So it came Erevim Kippur, and the Baal Shem Tov saw that there was a terrible Gzeira on Klai so. And uh, he told the Tamid before Yom Kippur, he told, he called all the Shishim Gebarim, the Tamid of Baal Shem Tov, and he said to them, we have to daven, there's a terrible Gzeira on Klai so, and we have to be mevatel this Gzeira. I'm asking you to mamish daven with your whole koiches and your whole heart to be mevatel the Gzeira. The story goes that, you know, it was uh, Kol Nidre, Shachris, Musaf, and right before Ne'ilah, before the Baal Shem Tov gives his speech, in walks in this shepherd who found the shul. His father had recently died before, right before uh, Yom Kippur, and he knew he was a Yid, but he didn't even know Alabes. He knew nothing. He was a shepherd. All he had was his sheep and his whistle that he would call his sheep with. So, but he knew that it's Yom Kippur. He wanted to find the shul just to be together. Even though he didn't know, he didn't know how to dominate. He wanted to be together with, with Jewish people. He felt that would be a remedy for his father's neshama. So he came and he walked in, pulled to the shul of the Baal Shem Tov shul in Mezhebus. And as he walks in, he walks in right before Neila, the Baal Shem Tov gives this big drasha, and he's telling everybody how you have to daven, that we still weren't mevatel the gzera, even though we, till now we weren't able to be mevatel. Maybe, maybe, maybe now, Neila, daven with your whole koiches, every kolat tamana, your whole bones should be talking, daven with your whole koiches. And the Baal Shem Tov, and this shepherd hears it, so they start Neila, 
And this guy, every, all the Tamil Baal Shem Tov, they're davening, they're screaming, they're dancing. They say on the, the, the Baal Shem Tov, or Tamil Baal Shem Tov, they start in one corner of the shul and end up in another corner of the shul because they completely lost, a complete espashtas agashmias. So the shepherd sees everybody going, davening so fervently, he doesn't know what to do. Finally, he takes out his whistle and he blows on his whistle with all his might. And the Baal Shem Tov turns around and starts becoming the Simcha, and he tells the Chavraya, this shepherd, he was mevatled in Shemayim. What's the moral of the story? You know, if you think about it, that the, 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 to blow a whistle on Yom Kippur, maybe you could say it was in the Eli, the end. I don't know when the story happened, but it's a, it's a derisa. You're not allowed to blow a whistle on Shabbos. It's a, called a cliche, and you're not allowed to blow a whistle. So you could say, that even if a person doesn't have but he does it because he wanted to connect to the he didn't have but he meant it he didn't know he was doing and he meant it 100% the he had the power to break that the Tamid and the Bashemdom alone couldn't break that means what that's and that the, the message here is that's what Hasidus taught us that's what the Moshem Tov taught us. That's what the Rebbe teaches us. That the whole Mekhair of Hasidus is to show us that we don't understand the power of every single Yid. Every Yid has that power to be bigger than the Moshem Tov. And we think sometimes you got to dive in a thousand times. Sometimes it's that one Diboremus, one real connection to the Ebishta, and you are, that's what it is. Avada, we, we should strive to be our Lachidin and strive to better ourselves and elevate ourselves. Everybody wants to learn more Torah and Daven more and connect more, but understand that we don't know the barometer. We don't, we don't have the tape measure of connection, and that's the biggest thing that Hasidus gave us. What Hasidus gave us was connection, and the connection of us to Hashem and to understand that we're always connected and we have the ability to come in one second, in one second to be connected. And that's what Bachar Rebbe, the Gemara says, Bachar Rebbe cried that the, offer, that, that, that the one person, the guy, we, uh, that the, the story was Rabbi Kiva. Uh, I think it was Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva, they put flax around him to burn him. That was the Gzeir on Rabbi Kiva. And, 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 and the, the, the Shaimer who was killing him, who was the Shaimer, said to him, I see that you're suffering. They put the flags around you to suffer so that you shouldn't die fast. If I take off the flags, will I be, what will I be zayichet to? He said, you'll be zayichet to the same Olam Haba that I am. And he took off the flags and Rabbi Kiva died faster and he jumped into the fire and Basko Yotza the Basko went out and said, he was zayichet to Olam Haba, the Olam Haba Rabbi Kiva. Bacha Rabbi. And Rabbi cried. And he said, I think it's on, on this story. Bacha Rabbi. Rabbi cried where he said, one minute of tshuva, and the guy, my whole life, I worked on being serving Hashem, and I don't know where I'm going to be in Ghana. This guy, in one minute, his mysterious nefesh, his thing for what he did for Rabbi Kiva, gave him the Olam Haba of Rabbi Kiva. And that's what Hasidus teaches us, and that's what we have to keep drilling ourselves, because the biggest enemy that we have is our own guilt, our Jewish guilt, that we, they implemented and they pumped us growing up in the system, which was good, because the system needed to protect us, but it also worked to our detriment, and it harms us when we feel that we can't connect to Hashem. Who am I to connect to Hashem when yesterday I did this? Tomorrow I'm going to do this. 
We don't realize the abilities, and the Rebbe pumps it all the time, the abilities in the high yon in the Kodesh This minute, if I'm going to listen to Hashem, I have this minute. Forget about yesterday, forget about tomorrow. Right now, we our power over the Yetzirah is in one thing. The Yetzirah only has a Koyach in the past and in the future. He has no Koyach in the present. Anoichi Hashem Hashem is Yudke Vovke, Havaya. Havaya means presence, in the present. The Eivishter gave us a Gilu. Before we went out of Mitzvah, he said, Eke Hasheke. He said, I will be. And he gave us the Koyach of wanting, the Anozam and the that we want to be. But in, once he came to Mount Torah, he gave us the Torah. The Torah gave us a power of the presence of Avaya, I am your God today, and I will take you out. That I was the God that took you out of Mitzrayim, which is a whole word for itself. I don't want to get carried away. So anyway, that's the word of who the Balshemtiv and what the whole concept of Balshemtiv. The Balshemtiv was born. It's known. Balshemtiv was born to his father and mother, which is a story in itself. Too long, not for now. But there's a story, and I don't know it, honestly, to be exactly. I remember hearing it, but I don't, I don't know it exactly. But his father was, they say, the father was Makubal. And this I heard from the Skali Rebbe. Makubal Ishmi Piish, which we're going to go into the Ishmi Piish. A lot of times you're going to hear that. But it was Makubal Ishmi Piish that the father of the Valshemta was like Avram and, and mother, was at the age of Avram and Sarah. He was 100, and she was 90. Nine, 90, I think 90, 190. And, and because in order to come to bring such a big neshama, it had to be someone who completely conquered his taivas already. And it was, it was at the age where his taiva, there was no taiva anymore. And the Hashanah was such a came from such a holy, holy place that, that in order to bring that, that neshama, we, they had to come onto it. So anyway, Balshemta's mother died at childbirth. And, um, and Balshemta's father lived till Balshemta was three years old. And in those three years, whatever, I don't know the exact history to it, but the one thing Tati used to say this all the time, by the way, Tati always said this story, that Moshemta's father, right before the, he was passing away, he was three years old, he told him, the only thing I want to tell you is remember this for your whole life. Never be afraid of anything in the world except for Hashem. The only thing that you should fear is the Eivishter. Don't fear anything but the Eivishter. And and the, and Moshemta, uh, his father passed away, and he became a Yosem now from both his parents at three years old. So the people in the city that it, that he was in, they they sort of tried to you know to, to to bring him up to raise him, and he would go and he was you know he was a troubled kid. When I say troubled kid, is they didn't know how to deal with him. He was a really really big sadly, but he was hiding his because everybody knows Moshemta hit it tremendously, and he made himself into a schlepper and a yosem and a nebuch and a this and whatever they tried to do for him, you can never please this guy. He was never pleased, so uh, he didn't last very long in each place. And he had his intentions. He went from at this young age. You're talking about from three. I think, I don't know, again, chronologically, I can't I tell you exactly when the Rebbe, I have more chronological knowledge, but on, on the Boshendav, I don't know the exact timing, but for a long time, he, he was in this stage of going from city to city, and what he would do is he would come, he would become the Shamish of the Shul, the Shmiel, you know, Shmiel, <laughs> Shmiel in, in, in Alaska, that's who the Boshendav was, maybe Shmiel is the Boshendav, I don't know. But that's who he was. I'm, I'm trying to picture it. What's the picture of what? And maybe even worse. 
maybe even worse than Shmuel. You said Shmuel still put together this. It could be he was mamish. Who knows? He looked like the schlump of schlumps. He looked like he was. He was not. He, he pretended he was socially awkward, completely maybe even autistic or re- mentally retarded people. Who knows? Who knows to what extent it was? Anyway, Balshemtov. So the story is that. So how did he? How was he mafarnis himself? So he would be become the, the you know the kid you know the bus driver. Those days there were no bus drivers. So the kids, how did they go to shul? They would go. They, they were they little houses all over the forest. And then there was one central place that they all came to a day camp house where they all came to, and that's where the Malamud would learn with the little kids. So who would take them through the forest from the houses to the kids? The bus driver was the bus driver, and they would go through the forest every time and and the used the opportunity to take the kids and he would sing songs with them to Hashem and pump them with a moon. And this, it's, it's brought down that he was six years old at the time. So uh, again, we have to believe. You know, there's a famous thing from the Masama Rebbe. Masama Rebbe says that if you believe every Maisel of Hashem, you are a nar, you're a fool. But if you don't believe any Maisel of Hashem, then you're a So we believe, we believe everything and we're not fools because we really believe that if it happened, and if it didn't happen, it could have happened 100%. So I'm just repeating what I heard from wherever I heard it from. And hopefully that you, we were trying to, the whole thing of this story is, is about a moon, about strengthening our, our belief in Hashem. Anyway, so one day, well, Shantav is taking these kids. He, collect, he, he collects all the kids from, from all the various houses, and he starts walking through the forest. And all of a sudden, the eight Sahara, he couldn't take the fact that there was so much, uh, there was so much, uh, Shemaim was having so much nachas from these kids singing in the Vashem, pumping them with a moon. So they, um, they, 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 they he, he disguised himself as a beard, and he came to, as the kids were walking by and going to the thing, he went, and he scared the king, <laughs> scared, I don't want to say what out of them, okay? And the kids ran back, home. Everybody ran back home and they didn't go to learn. So next day Balshavah went to pick up the kids again and because the, the Yetzirah the, the didn't have the Rishos to harm anybody, but he scared them. So anyway, the next day he went to pick up the kids and the parents would not let the kids go because the kids were complaining. There's a bear in the thing. Anyway, Balshavah kept begging the parents, I'm begging you, I promise you, I promise you, and again, six years old, but yeah, we believe. I promise you, and I promise you that he kept telling them until he reassured them, I promise you that not, no harm will come. I will take care of the beer. And I guess not all the parents, some of the parents let the kids go. And Moshanta went back into the, into the thing. And again, the beer, the Yitzhar describes himself as a beer. And he scared them. And it's brought down, Ish me pi Ish, that the shame, the Moshanta said the shame I'm a fairish, which is the shame of Hashem and the beer died on the spot and and they contend they continued going and he was able to continue going the thing one of the stories in the youth of the balshamta but anyway let's go on later on in balshamta's life again i don't know the chronological time but i do know that he was an older bacha i don't know what that means that in those days they got married at 13. he definitely didn't get married at 13. what age exactly he got married i'm sure there are people that know i don't know but i will say like this that when it came time, the Baal Shem Tov used to go from city to city, and when it came time to, he, I'm sorry, when he came to one of the cities, he came to a city where there were a lot of uh, people who did not know how to learn. 
And he became like the rav of the city, not because he knew how to learn, but because there was so, you know, Chelm. I don't know if you ever heard of Chelm. There used to be a place called Chelm. Everybody knows Chelm was a place of people that they didn't know, you know, they the thing that they didn't know. Anyway, so Valshantiv came to this place. They made him into the rav. So anybody who had a din Torah, anybody who had a din Torah, they would come to this rav, and they would come to the, and and it was known in the city that both sides, which is a big, big chiddush, because usually when you go to the entire and you lose, the loser is not happy. The winner is happy, the loser is not happy. But they went, and here, the, the, everybody was not happy. Well, how could it be? He made it in Torah. It's not because of the compromises. There was some kind of a heavenly divine thing that when the Eid of Shemdom, we're talking about the Mother Shemdom, even though he was, he was Nister, he, was, he used to learn by night and hide himself and go into the fields. For years and years and years, he would go through from Shabbos to Shabbos in the mountains. He would go just to have his boyness day and night and connect to Hashem. We can't even understand his boyness. Anyway, so the Moshamtav. So we ah oh, so the kids there was the, the there was a big big tzaddik by the name of Rabbi Avram Kitava. Rabbi Avram Kitava, when he came into the he when he came into the to, to the city, he had a dentaru, one of the guys in the city, they had some business, and he was already a learned person, and they they had business. So they, the, the, the other person that he had the entire with, he said, okay, let's go to our Rav. We have this rabbi, our rabbi over here. When everybody goes out, both sides are happy. So come to our entire and both sides are going to be happy. He figured, oh, you get involved. He's losing this entire. This has got to be thing. Anyway, he walks into the entire and he walks out and he realized, Rav Kittabay, he was no dummy. He realized, there's something bigger about this person. So after the entire war, he went over to Barshandam and he says, listen, in order for somebody to be able to do such a thing, even though you're hiding yourself, and you, you must be hiding yourself, there's something divine. Tell me, what is it that you have? And Barshandam said to him, I'm going to tell you something, but you have to give me a tkiyah's kaf, and you're not going to tell anybody. He goes, what? He goes, the only person you're going to tell is your daughter. He says, I'm telling you that Hashem gave me your daughter to be my bazifik. And 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 I want to make a tenayim with you now. And and we should make up and you should tell your daughter and that and again this is Bekibbal Ishmi Pish from straight to the Balshandan that when when somebody is gonna she should not accept any shidduch, but when somebody comes to him and she who wipes his swipes his forehead and she's gonna see the shame havaya and fire the geosius that's the person that she should marry. And no one in the world is allowed to know but him. And then the Roshendav told him, you should know, he was Megalatim, Torah, and showed him who he was, but he made him swear to Kiyas Kaf that he's not going to tell anybody. Anyway, Rabbi Avram Kitava was, was the Rav in the city of Brod. And Rabbi Avram Kitava went to the city of Brod, and, and, and as, as he came back, he told this to his daughter, and shortly afterwards, he was Nifta. So his son, Rabbi Gershon Kitava, he became the rabbi, and he was a tremendous, tremendous Tam and tremendous rabbi. It wasn't just the rabbi of Brod, but all the neighboring cities. He was mamish like the Reb Chaim Kineski of today, Reb Gershon Kitava at that time. He was the, the that that was he was known in his surroundings as that that person. Anyway, the kitsa, the father passes away a short time afterwards. He has an obligation. We know, Mayor, right? He's Simon. 
There's an obligation. You got to take care of Yisayimim now. Now the father passed away. You got to take care of Yisayimim. So he tried his daughter, his sister. He tried marrying off his sister. He brought the best bachim from the best issues. Rabbi Avram kid of his daughter. Rabbi Geshen kid of his sister. This shidduch they were giving only top-notch shidduchim, sending from all over the side. So they sent him all the bachim, and no matter what bachim came, she said no. Till she came to a place that he did, the Rabbi Geshen kid went to his sister. He says, listen, I'm bringing you the best bachim. Tell me, what is it? Till it came to a place that he started with Miyayish. They kept reading Shadduchim, reading Shadduchim, and he said, she's saying no to countless number of Shadduchim. I can't deal with it. There's nothing I can do about it. Anyway, in walks to the city, into the, into the shul of the city, Shmiel, the Balshemtev, Shrulja, okay, let's call him Shrulja, walks in, Shlumpy Shrulja, with his senses out, with his, I can just imagine how he looked, okay? And he comes in and he says, uh, can I speak to the Rav of the city? He goes, what are you here for? Yeah, I'm here because I want to be Mishadach. I heard that they want to be, they're looking for a Shidduch for his sister. I want to be Mishadach with his sister. The Shabbos of the Shul is embarrassed to go over to Rav Gersh and Kinderman to tell him, okay, this is my own added flavor into the story, but I, I don't know if it really happened. But anyway, he, the Shabbos goes over, Rav Gersh, Rav Gersh says, listen to me. There's no way he thinks to himself, this guy's really for real. I mean, how, how am I going to hurt him? Can you hurt Shmiel like that? What are you going to do? Shmiel says, I want to go out with your sister. What are you telling? So the same thing that he said, but he knew there's one thing he, he has is smart, right? His sister declined every single guy in the world that he brought. For sure she's declining this guy. You understand? Anyway, so she comes and he says, you know what? Okay, tell him he can come. Okay, he comes and they set up the meeting, comes into the shidduch, and of course, the Malshem swipes his thing, she says immediately, yes, she walks out two minutes later, again, my version, two minutes later, she goes to her brother, Mazel Tov, this is the boy, he falls, faints on his face, what are you, crazy? She says, before you make the shidduch, let me just fire her, let me fire her, let me see. She says, he starts varying him. Gemara, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He starts varying him. Chumash, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He starts varying him. Olive base, and he mixes up the olive base. He says, oh, you give him out. What am I going to do here? He goes back to his sister. He says, listen, I can't stop you. But, but I'm telling you, you're making the biggest mistake. Everybody else, you decline. This one is what you're taking, but I'm begging you. You're embarrassing me. You're going to be embarrassing me. Please move out of the city. I can't have this shmeel over here being my brother-in-law in my city. So please move out of the city and no problem. You want to go marry him? They made a real quiet wedding. He moved out of the city. They moved into a place where nobody lived. And it was like 30, 40 kilometers. It's brought down somewhere. I saw that that, that was the distance about um, 30, 40 kilometers away from the city of Brooklyn. Anyway, Skivaldi, now you're reminding me of the story and I'm remembering it like I'm, I'm starting to live it. Yeah, may see, this is what I need you for. Anyway, so the, 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 the oh, so there was a Maggid, famous Maggid. So one second, so Balshemta went with his wife and he lived in this thing. Nobody bothered him. Rabbi Gash and Kittava completely forgot about him. Everybody forgot about the Balshemta, right? And he was able to do his Avodah Hashem. Anyway, story goes that there was a Maggid 
that he used to go, you know what a magid is? A magid was, was that in those days they would have people, like we have entertainment, but and Jewish entertainment, where they went, and they went from city to city to be mechazic people, to be ma'ayra people, and they would say drushes. They were good speakers, great speakers. Why, uh, why? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, why, why was considered a magid, and he would go. How would he make partners? He would go from city to city. They, he was the guest speaker of that Shabbos, and he would come. So there was a magad, I forgot the name, but there was, it's brought down, it's documented the name of this magad. He would go from city to city. Anyway, it was this Shabbos that he was going. It was a big Shabbos. Let's just say Shabbos Nachum. I don't know what Shabbos it was. It was a big Shabbos. And they invited him to come say in the city of Brod uh, thing. Anyway, those days, they didn't have, you know, transportation was horse and buggy. And uh, not only, he went with enough time to make it for Shabbos. Anyway, he got a flat tire. You know what I'm saying? His wheels broke. The, I don't know exactly what happened. The horse went out of breath. It broke down, and it's getting close. It's Friday afternoon. He, he went with enough time to make it for Shabbos, but it's Friday afternoon, and it's getting closer and closer to Shabbos. They can't fix it. There's nobody there in the middle. Of, and this Magid reminds himself, Rav Gershon Kintava has a brother-in-law that lives somewhere in this neighborhood. He starts trying to find out, and he finds out that he's not far from this place. So he realizes he's, he's stuck there for Shabbos. Let me go in there. You know what? Where, what am I going to do? I'm going. I'm going to, that's the only place he knew. So he went to the, to, to the thing and he knocks on the door. Comes in, Mom, is Arab Shabbos, like right before Shabbos. And the wife of the Vashantam opens up the door and uh, she says, Listen, I got stuck here. I was supposed to go to the city of Brother. I know you're the sister of Rav Gersh and Gindava. Is it okay if I stay here for Shabbos? So she goes, Sure, but my husband. He doesn't come home until very late tonight. So you don't, don't, don't wait for him. He says, no, 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 I'm going to wait for him. I'm going to wait for him. Anyway, he comes into the house and he sees hanging next to the door, there's a chalif. Chalif is the knife that the shoichtim uses is a chalif. And he just, while he was waiting for the Moshe, he, you know, you know how you check a chalif? I don't know if you know, with, with your finger. He never saw such a straight chalif in his life. And he was so... He knew that this guy was Amaritz, that Rugesh and Kinder sent him out of the city because how does he have such a chalif? How does he know the halacha? He was wondering, how does he know? Anyway, Mikitsa, Baal Shem Tov comes back Friday night from shul late at night. He sees that he has a guest and he invites his guest to eat the Shabbos meal together, to eat the Shabbos meal together. And the Baal Shem Tov says to, to him that, uh, you know, say Torah, say something. So he, he starts saying a lofty Torah, whatever it is, and he realizes Balshemtov <laughs> doesn't understand a word he's saying. So then, Shabbos morning, again, Balshemtov asks him to say Torah, so he realizes that he's got to lower the level. So he lowers the level, Balshemtov says, I don't understand, I don't know what you're talking about, Keith. We say something, you might guess, say something that's going to inspire me. He realizes he keeps going down my dragons. Okay, let me tell, just tell him the stories of Avraham Avinu and Yitzchak, uh, Yaakov, that's it. He's still, anyway, till finally he realized Baal Shem Tov knows nothing. And when he realized that, he couldn't believe Rav Gesh, Kittim's sister, married such a thing. He's there for Shabbos. Imamish just wanted to run away. He was in such pain for the tzaddikim. He, he, he wanted to run away. Anyway, come Shabbos through this. And um, Baal Shem Tov starts saying to him, listen, till now, you said Torah. My minig is, Shalashudas, I say Torah. And this guy's thinking to himself, oh my gosh, he's going to now say Torah to me. This guy's telling me the Torah. And he says, okay, I have to hear the Torah. So he starts saying the Torah. And he starts 
saying all of a sudden, and he starts like with Pasha the Torah, and all of a sudden, he starts saying crazy Torah, and till this maggot falls, chaloshes, he falls, he faints. Couldn't believe it because he went from such an extreme to such an extreme. Anyway, the kid say he wakes up and he realizes that he's in the presence of such greatness that is not, not to be believed in greatness. So he, so he, the Hashem tells him, he says, listen, it came the time to be, for me to be Nizgala. I want you to go to the city of Brod and to tell my brother-in-law, that you were by me and that he should invite me back and that you saw what you saw and that he should invite me back to the city of Brod to, 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 you know, he should be Makar of me and, and I need him because I want to be able to now help other you. And that's the story of how the Bashemtav was in his gala and how he came to Rugesh. And at the end, Rugesh and Kitava became his chassid, not Stamen's chassid, his biggest chassid, okay? One of the biggest chassid in the Bashemtav. And that was when the Bashemtav was Megala. So. Okay, so now let's talk about the Nasiya. So it's known that the Bashemtav, for years and years, he wanted to go to Israel. This was just the history of Baal Now we're going into the real story of the Baal of 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 this Misa, the real Misa of Baal Anyway, so the Baal Shem Tov, the wanted to go for years and years. He strived to go to Eretz Yisrael. It was known that the Arachaim HaKadosh lived in Eretz Yisrael. And the Arachaim, the Baal Shem Tov said this, that the, that the Arachaim HaKadosh, there's the Nefesh of Mashiach and the Ruach of Mashiach. And if the Nefesh of Mashiach, I don't, I don't remember who was which, Who's the nefesh and who's the ruach? But if the nefesh and the ruach of Mashiach come together, that's going to bring Mashiach. So Mashiach had a because means a yearning and, and gaguim and kisufim. He wanted to come to Eretz Yisrael, of course, not only because of bringing Mashiach, but also Eretz Yisrael. The Rebbe also talks about everything. Wherever I go, the Rebbe said, the Rebbe said, wherever I go, I go to Eretz Yisrael. That means in his world, he saw Israel everywhere. And his gagum was to go to Israel. But anyway, these tzaddikim, they had big, we, we can't even comprehend their intentions. Their father was to help us and to bring the gula. Baal kept asking, you know, it was known that Baal would have Elias Neshama. He would go up to Shemaim in the middle of his, uh, you know, he would just check out. And we'll talk about it soon about his Elias Neshama. Anyway, so Baal he kept asking permission in Shemaim. And every time he asked for permission to go to Israel, they, they said, no, we're not granting you permission. And he accepted it because he had no choice. But he, his yearning was not stopped. Anyway, Bikitsa, and uh, there's other stories that are connected here. I remember, but uh, I'm not going into the, the little, the tiny stories. But, but it's, it's, not, it's relevant, but it's not relevant for this second. So, Shanta, so he would send people. There was the, what, what I'm trying to say is that even though he wasn't able to go, there's of different mice, we sent different people to Eretz Yisrael in the hope that by sending them to their journey to Eretz Yisrael, he would also be able to get to Eretz Yisrael. Anyway, Bekitza, the Baal Shem Tov, there was a deceit, his name was Reb Moshe, and everybody was known, the Baal Shem Tov was known for being a Baal Moshe. Everybody knew that if you had, you didn't have children, you needed Yeshua's, Refua's, you needed Shaduchim, you came to the Baal Shem so this Yid heard about the Baal Shem Tov, and he had few daughters. He was very poor. In those days, if you didn't have Nadim, you weren't able to marry off your kids. You needed to have Nadim. Even today's day, we needed, but those days for sure. Because there was, uh, you know, I'm saying there was girls, there was plenty of girls. There was always plenty of girls. So, so it was a man's world then, too. You know what I'm saying? You don't put up money, you ain't getting a shidduch. Okay? So the Baal Shem Tov, so this Ramesha, who lived in wherever he lived in, his, he had 
older daughters, and he wasn't able to get a shidduch because he didn't have money to go. Not anyway, he came to Balshamtov, and uh, I don't know if he came on a Shabbos I, before Shabbos, and he stayed for Shabbos. That part I don't remember. But anyway, he came to Balshamtov, and he kept coming into the Balshamtov, and the Balshamtov did not. He did not. He didn't give him the time of day. He like you know he knew the guy is coming special for him. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited. Anyway, after a long time of waiting, I don't know exactly how long he waited, but he waited. Finally, he comes to Balshamdiv, and he, with frustration, he comes together and says, I, I came here special for you. I have a tzor. I have girls. I can't marry them all. I have no money. What should I do? I need help. Balshamdiv told him, go to Istanbul. And he goes, what, Istanbul? He said, go to Istanbul. He says, what am I going to do in Istanbul? Balshamdiv stopped talking to him. He went out, and the Tamid of Balshamdiv, he told them what happened, you know, Bashem didn't want to tell me, he just told him, go to Istanbul. Istanbul, Turkey, by the way, capital of Turkey, even today. So the, the Gaboim told him, listen, if the Bashem told you, go to Istanbul, go to Istanbul. Don't ask questions. The Bashem, that's what he told you. Your Yeshua is in Istanbul. Go to Istanbul. So he went back home and he told his wife what happened. His wife told him, if Bashem said, go to Istanbul, go to Istanbul. So anyway, he takes the last couple of dollars, borrows, whatever it is. Again, my version, you know, I have to make the story interesting a little bit. So we go, and he takes the, the, and he goes to Istanbul, and finally he gets to Istanbul. Remember, traveling those days wasn't easy, but Istanbul, I think, is connected to, the, to, to Ukraine. In other words, Turkey is connected to Ukraine. You don't have to go through waters to get there. And so that was one of the ways of getting there to Israel was a person would go to Turkey and then take a boat from Turkey in the Mediterranean Sea from Turkey to Israel. And the journey from Ukraine, it was a long journey, but that was a horse and wagon journey. Anyway, so this Ramesha finally comes to Istanbul and he comes into the city of Istanbul. Now, Roshan didn't tell him what to do. He doesn't know what to do. He asks around, it's an Arab country and a city. He asks around, they said, listen to me. <laughs> the way the news works over here is in the center of the city, every hour, every two hours, every three hours, again, my version, there's a guy with a drummer. And he makes a big drum roll. WINS News. He makes the big drum roll. And, and everybody surround, they gather into the center square of the city. And somebody gets up on the on a platform and he starts telling you the news. And they have the news today. WINS News today. All of this happened. Okay. So at the end of the news is the classified. What do you have in the back of the newspaper? The classified. Okay, this guy's selling this. This guy's looking for a worker. This guy. So this Rav Moshe, he asks the people, here, what, what are they saying then? He says, you know, now is the time when they're saying there's a guy that's looking for an account. In, 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 in Turkey, the one thing the Turks, even till today, by the way, I'm, I'm sure it changed a little bit, but it was known that Arabs are terrible at math. They're terrible. They're the worst at math. From all the, they, that's not their element of intellect. Is not math. They're not mathematical. So anybody who had a little bit of math intellect, he was able to get, you know, he, he was able to get a job. So there was a guy looking for an accountant, a guy to run his books, a buchhalter, it's called, right? So this guy said, okay, I'm in. I'm a buchhalter. I can do this. They said, okay, buchhalter, no problem. They hired the guy in that way. This is Balabos paid him and he saved money. He started saving, he was making a salary and he started seeing maybe this is where the issue is that the Abashantav is telling him to come over here. Maybe, but he wasn't making that much money, but he made money anyway. Story goes, 
this is really one of the most beautiful things of the story that I, I think that we could learn from it. But this guy, the seed, he comes, he goes to the fruit store. And one day, you know, he passes by the fruit store, he goes into the fruit store and he asks the fruit man, you know, show me the nicest fruit that you have. And he shows him the nicest fruit. And he takes him into another room and says, in this room, this is, but this is real expensive. You can't afford this. And he said, please take me in. Anyway, I want to buy this fruit. He goes into this, into the room. He picks the most expensive fruit that the guy has, he picks. And he goes out and he goes out with anybody and he pays for it and he, and he goes out of the store. As soon as he goes out of the store, this balabas comes running after him with his, with, I guess, sword. He didn't wear guns at the time, but whatever it is. And he says, I'm going to kill you because it's known that by the Arabs, and especially in Turkey at that time, the worst Iberia was Gzela. If you were a Ghanif, and the, 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 the din of a Ghanif was, they, they, they cut your hands off, or either they kill you or they cut your hands off. I don't know exactly. One of the two things. A Ghanif was a severe, severe punishment in that, that time. He says, listen, you, I saw, you bought, you don't have the money. I know who you work for. There's no way you can afford to pay for that fruit. And he says, I'm going to kill you. So, Anyway, the guy, the, the guy says, do me a favor before I hear you. I just want to explain myself. Please, please give me a chance to explain myself. Maybe you'll understand. And he tells the guy, he says, listen, by us Jews, I'm a Jew. And the Jews, we have that once a year, we thank Hashem, we thank our God for the gratefulness of, of living and that we lived another year. And how do we do that? We take a fruit that we never ate before, and we make a shechiyonu. A shechiyonu is to say, to be grateful that we're benching just like this new fruit, that we you gave this new fruit a new life. You gave us another life, a new life together, and that's why we're thanking you, shechiyonu, v'kimonu, v'kimonu, l'azman hazeh, and that's what we make on a fruit. It's tu b'shvat. By the way, just saying, since we're talking to the family, Tati, Tubishvat, Rosh Hashanah, Lilanus, Rosh Hashanah, and Oman going to Oman. Tati, everybody knows Tubishvat was, was right, and we were just like to be there this past year, this this past year, this two months ago we were there. Baruch Hashem, David helped us that we should be able to go for Rosh Hashanah with davening daily, and we got to daven, because this is a really, really, really scary, scary, scary. But anyway, the kids are, so he says, Tubishvat, we take this fruit and we make the Shachianah. The, 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 the guy from the fruit store looks at him and says, really? Wow. Looked at him with a hold of him and he, says, he puts his sword back. He says, really? I see that you're a very, very honest, godly man. I want to show you something that I never showed anybody in the world. And he takes him to, he says, please come with me. And this guy just wants to get away from him. He, I, he was just going to kill me two minutes ago. Who knows if he's not going to kill me again? But what should he do? <laughs> he had no choice. He goes with the guy and they go on to the most expensive street in the whole entire Istanbul, to the nicest house on the most expensive street in the whole entire Istanbul, and they walk into the house, and what are they, he, he takes him into the basement of the house, and he says, oh no, he's going to kill me now. This is what he did. He, can't, he brought me here because he's going to kill me. He goes into the basement, and he opens up a room, and in the room there's a vault, and he opens up the vault, and he walks into a palace filled with diamonds, and all different rubies and sapphires and beautiful things. And they go from another room to another room. And he sees treasures and treasures of wealth. Tremendous wealth that this guy had. It turns out this guy owned all the fruit stores in the entire Istanbul. He 
he inherited a tremendous Yerusha for Daira. Daira is from some kind of a royalty family. And he was hiding the thing and he says, I have nobody to give it over to because I have no children. I'm already getting old. And I don't even have anybody to show this to because I'm afraid once I show it to them, they're going to steal it. But you, when I saw you, at least let me have that know of showing somebody my, what, what I have. I needed to show it to somebody. I thank you. And, he, and he, this guy just runs away and says, thank God I ran away from this guy. And he goes back to his thing. Anyway, Drum roll in the city. Couple of days later, WINS news. Bam, 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 bam. What happens? The drum roll. They say, guess who died? The guy, the fruit store man. He's walking by. He is the man, the fruit store. The guy that a couple of weeks ago, whatever time it was, he, he, he died. And his house and estate is for sale. Whoever wants to buy it goes by. Here's this. He says, oh my god. He goes back to his Balabas and he tells Balabas, listen to me, I promise you, I have a great investment now. I can't tell you about it, but I'm telling you, if you give me the money to buy this investment, I promise you, I'm going to pay you back 10 times fold the ribbons, whatever. He made him a deal that was, you know, he couldn't say no. And he really believed in that. He knew he was buying a piece of property. Obviously, this is again, my version into the thing. So, he gave him the money and he went and he bought the house of the thing and it didn't take a long time till this Ramosha became the richest person in all of Turkey and in all of the city of Istanbul. And he started realizing that this was the bracha of the Valshemdev. When the Valshemdev tells you, you go to Istanbul, you go to Istanbul. You don't ask questions. You go to Istanbul. So this guy goes to Istanbul and he becomes the Gebir He was known by the whole city till he got so renowned that the sultan of Istanbul became his best friend. And we're going to get back to this. We're going to leave this story. And he brought, obviously, he brought his family. His daughters did the biggest shidduchim in the world. And, of course, also, you know what happens when you make a lot of money. And he forgot about the Baal Shem Tov, But we'll get to the Baal Shem Tov in a second. Baal Shem Tov wants to go to Israel. This is Ramayshin, okay? Now we're going back to measurements. We're going back to the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov wants to go to Israel. And um, he sees again in Shemaim one time, two times, 10 times, 20. I don't know how many times, but they're not letting him go. He decides, he can't anymore. He's sacrificing for Klai Yisrael. He's going to Israel. But he knows if Minas Shemaim, they said no. There's no way he's going to make it. So he was macabre on himself. That only Choshev Kemes, if you have no money, right? If you have no money, then you're considered a mace. No money, you're dead. How can you survive in the world without money? But also in Shemayim, there's that thing, only Choshev Kemes. And on a mace, they can't have Shlita in Oilam Hazir. They can only have Shlita on a mace in Oilam Abod. There's no Shlita. Pamal Yishamal doesn't have it. On a mace, it's only, he's already in Oilam Abod. But he's not really amazed. He's really, he's, he's not really dead. He's alive, but he went into this. And we don't understand this, but the Bashemdom had his asogas. So he was mitzava to his family and all his Talmudim that no matter what you hear, no matter what, do not give me money. I can't, I have to go through this in order for me to get to, to Eretz Israel. I don't know if he told them that or he didn't tell them that, but anyway, that's a story. 
Anyway, he starts on his journey and he takes his only his immediate family, goes with him. None of the Tamidim Hashanah go with him. That was another thing. He wasn't allowed to be with anybody. And he went from city to city, Medina to Medina. That means obviously countries. And it says he came to this one Medina, one country. And every time he came to the country, where would he go? To the shul, because that was the only place that he would get something just to be able to survive for his family. So he went into the, to, this, to this city and he went into the shul and everybody was there with their kitlach, middle of the re- middle of a regular thing and they're all davening and they're all davening to Hashem. Oh, he reminded, and he sees what's going on, what's going on. He asks around what's going on. He says, the king of this, of, of this country, he, his daughter, got very, very sick. And they brought every doctor in the world to try to heal her, and nobody was able to heal her. And the king knows that Yidin have a koyin and he said he was geysered on, on all the Jews in the, in the city, that if you don't daven for me, you're all going to get expelled from the city. So we made a yom tefillah, and we were geysered tainus, and everybody's here with the kittel, and they're blowing shayfa, and they're geysered tainus, and, 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 and they don't know what to do. Malshantov said to the Thing to send a messenger to the king that I can heal his daughter. I can heal his daughter. By the way, I forgot to mention that, that the king said that the king said, Mommy's calling, by the way, <laughs> but I got, I'm, I'm not answering. I'll call her back. So that the king said that, that not, not because I'm not being Mechabed, my mother, because I think that this is being Mechabed, my mother. She's going to love this. So, and I don't want to interfere. So I'm not doing it. I'm not, I know I'm being uh, defensive. I'm sorry. But Mayor, I'm making believe I'm talking to you. Whatever happens afterwards, not my control. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, the kids are so, um, so he's, the, the king also said that whoever heals the daughter, Ad I don't know if Ad whatever he wants, I'm going to give him. From my oitza, he can have anything that he wants. Anyway, Malshemtev comes to the, to, to the king and he wants to see the daughter, and it's Mekibel, Ish Mepi Ish, that whatever a person has here, the Malshemtev, like is now in the coronavirus, I mean, you know, they, they wear the body suits. And one of the things here, is one is most you know most wave contagious contamination is hair. Hair has the big thing, so he covered himself completely with hair. His beard, his mustache, whatever he had here, he was covering himself. And he went in, and it's mekubal ish Again, this is the Skolli Rebbe saying it that he heard it from his shiver, or from his grandfather, father, father, all the way till the time of Hashem. So it's, it's authentic. And he said, Ich Yisrael ben Sora, haste. Open your eyes. I, Yisrael ben Sora, say that you should open your eyes. And all of a sudden, she opens her eyes. I, Yisrael ben Sora, say that you should get out of bed. She gets out of bed. I, Yisrael ben Sora, says that you should start drinking. They brought her a drink. She starts drinking. I, Yisrael ben Sora, say you should be a healthy person. And within minutes or whatever, she became healed. She became healed. It was a big Simcha in the palace of the king, everybody you know, this person came and healed the thing. So the king calls in the Bachshamtov and he says to him, Tell me something, you know, you healed my daughter, what do you want? Bachshamtov says, I want to go into your library, I want something from your library. He goes, Okay, he wants something in my library, he takes him into his library. It's again, the kibble ish me ish. went to the shelf, one shelf behind, there was a hidden shelf, and he pulls out. A safer, and that safer was the Ksav Yad of David Amelech Tehillim. 
the Tehillim, the Ksav Yadav, the Bandava Maus Tehillim, the king says to him that if I would have known, Azayin Zukman, you know, said that I, again, I think this was Ishmi Piyish, or maybe this brought down the breast of the Zeb, I don't remember. But it said, he said to him that if I would have known that this is what you wanted, I would have let my daughter die. But anyway, since I promised you, I'm giving it to you. You healed my daughter. You take the, the Ksavian. Malshadov knew that this is something that he, if he has this, this is going to be his way of getting to Eretz Anyway, Malshadov continues on his journey, and it, he's poor, and he's going through real, real tremendous, tremendous struggles, and he arrives Erev Pesach in Istanbul to go. That that was the closest city to be able to go to. The ports were in Istanbul, and he can arrives Erev Pesach in Istanbul without, it's Mekibbal Azoi, this is what he used to say to Skali Rebbe, that Nishnos in Nishgevein Kematzah of Yontem, it's Nishgevein Abrekel Chomets, there was nothing, they had nothing, they were starving with nothing, nothing, not even a candle, in those days there wasn't electricity, there wasn't even a candle to illuminate it in, in, the, in, the, in, in, the, in the in the house, and Balshemta and the Bnei Bayis, the Balshemta's daughter Adel and, and, his mother, and his wife, they're all mamish, they don't know what to do with themselves, Anyway, I forgot to tell you that a few days before this, in Mezhibiz, there was this, they say from Australia, I think it's brought down from Australia, that a couple who didn't have kids, they heard about the Balshemtov, and they came from, it says Merchakim, but I don't know, I once heard a version from Australia. That means they came those days from Australia. Can you imagine what kind of traveling to go from Australia? Today, if you want to go to Australia by plane, I don't know, it's 18, 20 hours or 24, who knows? I don't remember. It's a tremendous long trip. Can you imagine those days, ships and this, months and months and months to be able to come. They finally come a few days before Pesach. They come into Mezhbaz, and they come to see the Balshemdev, and they come to the Tamid the Balshemdev, and they say that we came here for, to, to, because we heard that the Balshemdev is about Moifis, he can give you a bracha to have kids, and they come to him to give him a bracha to have kids, and the Balshemdev, he's not there. They tell him, I'm sorry, but the Balshemdev's not there. And they start crying. Such bitter mechiyas. Hamid Merachim. The people came from such a far place. They didn't have kids for many years. They came. This is the last hope of having kids. And we should not know what the tzar is when somebody can't have kids. But the tzar is, uh, is, is crazy. And they had so much rachmanus that they knew that even though the Balshemda was mitzvah on them, that they shouldn't send thing. He said, listen, we know that the Balshemda is on his way to Israel. He's on his way to Istanbul. I'm telling you, if you want kids and you get him food and whatever he needs for you for the say the night, you're gonna be nifkal with, with, with children. Here's the eight say he hires the best horse and wagon, loads it up with food, and he travels to Istanbul and he gets to Istanbul. Mamish, the have got to Istanbul. 12 o'clock, let's say, I'm, I'm just making this up, okay? Again, anytime I'm making up, I'm trying to say I'm making it up just to make the story better, okay? So anyway, so he got me, but I don't know what time, but he, the Vashemtov did not know that this guy was there. And this guy comes in, comes into the house, right, let's say, by, right by this man, with all the food, all the thing, and Sivet lifting in the house of the Vashemtov. In the meantime, Vashemtov, he goes to shul, and he doesn't know about any of this, and he is depressed, it's Pesach Seder, and he can't even have the moichim of the Baal to be able to connect to the Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. He was not there. Lopo. How do you say Lopo? But he knew that his ultimate goal was to get to Eretz He had to get to Eretz The only way to do this is to go through the Sanis that he was going through. Anyway, Baal goes to Shul, 
and everybody invites, you know, Pesach night, everybody, only this year is the first time that we, we said Kol Dichvin Yezvi and we didn't have, you know, we didn't have the opportunity to be able to have guests, uh, except for Mom. Mommy's the only one, and she's lucky enough, Hashem loves her, she gets guests on Pesach. But the most people in the world, in the world, by the way, not just think they don't have guests this year on Pesach, but the <laughs> mommy, 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 listen, there's no question. My mommy's on the level of the Balsham. <laughs> we don't, we don't hop, but I'm telling you, we have to, mommy's on a different level. Anyway, point is that Balsham is, uh, so where was I holding it? So, yeah, so it's, uh, he goes to shul, everybody invites him. He dumped the longish man, so he doesn't want to get invited. He goes home and he knows he has to face his family because this is the only way to do it. He's going there to stroll, and as he gets closer to his house, he's not sure, but he sees light in the window of his house. Well, I mean, light. There was not money to buy a candle. That they, they, they had no light in the house. Comes into the house and he realizes the shulchan is aruch, like a real shulchan aruch with a kaira, with everything. Everything is there. And goes into the house and. Uh, he, he forgets where he is. He got so besimcha. He forgets. It's saved the night. He, he has everything. He gets all his ears back. He goes in and he starts mamish providing the seder until he comes to Gal Yisrael. He comes to Gal Yisrael. He opens his eyes and he looks around and he sees this couple on the table. And it's bekibble, ish me piish. That the Balshemtov did not talk on Shabbos Yantav, only Loshin Kodesh. He didn't talk, only Loshin Kodesh. So the Balshemtov said to him, he sees these people, he says, Ma Shmecha, what's your name? And the answer, whatever, where did you come from? I in Boston, where'd you come from? They say, Me came from Australia, wherever. He says, Uma Bakashaschem. I'm saying it, trying to say it like the scholar you represented. Mabakashaschem, this is how he used to say, and 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 they answered him, we came because we wanted to have children. The second that the Balshemtov heard that they came for children, they did him such a toiva. Balshemtov was goyza on the spot. I'm goyza that you should have a benzocha toichashana. The second he said these words, the kibble ish me piish. Okay, I I gotta be honest. I don't know every ish me piish. I'm just sometimes I'm putting in my own ish piish, but maybe he did say it. Maybe he don't say it. It's been a long time since I've been by the scholar rabbi. I don't want to lie. So, but I'm gonna go with ish me piish. So it's the kibble ish me piish that the second he said the words to him that I'm I'm going what? I think so. Anyway, he says he says to Ish Mipish, I gotta be Ish Mipish. So I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Ish Mipish, that the second he said that you're gonna have a child, he flips backwards. Rashemda flips backwards, and it's this I did here. Just like a person can bend himself forward, right? We can bend ourselves forward going all the way down. Rashemda could go backwards. You can't do it because your spine doesn't do it, but that's how he had Elias Neshama. Everybody knew his B'nai Bayez, they didn't get scared. They knew it was Elias Neshama, but these people, when they saw it, they got frightened. And all of a sudden, they kept trying to revive him or look at him and this, and B'nai Bayez said, leave him alone. They left him alone. And they would see on his forehead, these were the words that the Scully Rebbe said, Zechzig Shishim Shishim Malkas, the Purso or something. I, I don't remember the lotion of, of the Zara, because the lotion that 60 fired the Gefinken, 60 fired the Gefinken that went by. 
they saw fire going crosses forward 60 times. Anyway, a couple of minutes later, hours later, whatever it is, the Vashanda wake, wakes up and he comes back and the Bnei Bayez asked him what happened. And this is, this is also a beautiful part of the story. The Hashem says to them that the, I went up to, as soon as I was geyser, that these people should have a, a, a child, I was Mishana my Sibiratius. So when I went up, they called me Lidin Right away, they called me Lidin You're not allowed to be Mishana my Sibiratius. She's an Akar, Mishesh Zimei Beratius. He's an Akar, Mishesh You know what an Akar and Akar is? Of someone who can't have children. Mishesh Zimei Beratius. And you were Goyza, Shinia Teva. You wanted to change the Teva. We're taking it in the entire. They took the entire in the Pamal Yishamala. What was the Einish that they gave them? We're taking away your oil of Haba. They thought, you know what I'm saying? We're taking away the oil of Haba. All of a sudden, there's the beautiful part. The Mashantav starts dancing. And he says, finally, finally, I could serve Hashem knowing for sure that I'm never going to get a reward. So there's no me in it. There's no Ani at all. I could serve him. Purely just to serve Hashem. So they realized the Pamal Yushamala, again, I'm repeating it the way he says that, you know, this guy, yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Oilam Abba is not the right Oilam because it's not an Oilam. So they decided to give him the Oilam of Malchus of the Malachim. It's known that the Malachim get Malchus 60 Malchus and 60 fire the Galashes. And that's the 60 fink and fire that you saw going across my forehead. Anyway, we go on, and uh, Baal Shem Tov, so that's the story over there. In the meantime, let's go back to Ramosha. Remember Ramosha? I know we left Ramosha a long time ago. We're coming back to Ramosha. What happens? Ramosha is making a seder, and the sultan, who's his friend, the sultan was the prime minister, the king, whatever it was of Turkey, was his friend. He wants to come for the seder. He comes to the Seder and, uh, and, and he brings, um, uh, I, I'm sorry, he comes to the Seder, he, he says to Ramosha, I want to see what a Jewish Seder looks like. And he comes to the Seder. Anyway, the kid uh, goes through the whole Seder. And um, I'm going to speed this up a little bit because I, I don't want to stretch it that long. I stretched it long enough. So the, the, he comes to the Seder and, and Ramosha Give, uh, uh, tells him all the things about beautiful Seda, the richest person in the world, uh, KRM, KMR, whatever. Nobody made a Seda like Ramosha in those days. He made the richest Seda, the most beautiful Seda. The Sultan was really impressed. And anyway, the Sultan is leaving. He decides he's leaving. So Ramosha says, wait, 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 don't go yet. Ramosha takes out a big gifted present. What does he give him? He gives him a matzah dekel, like a, you know, a matzah cover with diamonds and rubies all over it. And inside he puts two matzahs. He says, this is what we eat from the same. And I want to give this to you as a present. The sultan thanks him and the sultan leaves the house. The Shani the sultan, the, the vice president the prime of the prime minister, he decides that he's a Soini Yisrael. He's got, he can't forget. This Ramosha got so much covered with the Sultan that, that, that he, see, he finds his opportunity. He waited for his opportunity. As they're leaving the house, he tells the Sultan, he says, listen, Adonia Sultan, I just want to tell you that this Ramosha, he's a Jew, and the Jews hate us. And you know what they do? The Jews, they, 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 you know what he did? He gave you a present. You understand what an embarrassment the president gave you? The president that he gave you, he gave you the, 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 the two matzahs. You know where those matzahs come? You know how the Jews make matzahs? They kill a Goyish kid, and from the blood, 
of the Gaisha kid then, you know, there was many stories in the history of the, 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 the blood libel, and they, that's how they make the Nazis. So he says, really? Can you prove this? So he says, why, why, don't, you, why don't you investigate? You'll see. He says, really? Okay. So I'm going to send, he sends the police back to, to Ramosha. Ramosha hears the police, and those days, again, this is what I heard from the school, remember, they didn't go into your house. They surrounded your house, and you would have to come out of your house. Police. He hears the thing, he realizes, he knew this guy, the Shein Lamelch is a big Russia. So he knew this guy's going to have it out for him. So they circle him. He comes out. Guess what? He realizes there must be trouble here. On the way, he remembers, he just heard that the Balshemtiv is in town. All of a sudden, Ramayisha, who became rich because of the Balshemtiv, as we forget, it's not just Ramayisha, we all forget. And we forget that Hashem runs the world. We forget all the tithes that people do to us. And when it turns around, we, we're very forgetful and we're not enough makatoy because we're not grateful enough to the Abish, we're not grateful to the thing. And this Ramayisha was no different. So we've, he forgot. But now that he's in trouble and he needs a Yeshua, what does he do? Oh, Rebluza! All of a sudden, we remember. We remember. We got Saris. We, uh, uh, we remember. Okay? So he remembers and he says, do me a favor, police. On the way to going to wherever we're going, to the police station, can we make a stop? Sure. Moshe, you, for you, will make a stop. I need five minutes. He goes into the and the, and the Baal Shem is in the middle of his beautiful Satan that the Australians gave him. And the Baal Shem Tov is holding by these words. And this I heard, from the Skol Yerebbe. We all know it in the Freed family. It's known. Pushes him away. He doesn't want to talk to him. That's what about Shandav is holding. He's holding a middle of Howell. Everybody remembers Howell, Tati's Howell. Tati's Howell. So can you imagine about Shandav's Howell? What is he saying? That Hashem makes these miracles. We always have to be grateful. And that's all he tells him. He tells him, go and go. No, no. No, Hashem to push him away. He's got no choice. Oh boy, even my computer's getting excited. <laughs> okay, lights and the floor is getting Anyway, he goes and he takes him and, and, and he goes. He goes to the police, put him in the police. They can't. It's nighttime. They keep him overnight. Overnight, he has a dream. And in his dream, his, 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 his grandfather or the Balshemdav, I don't know exactly who came to him in a dream. But someone came to the dream and told him that the next day, when you go up to the, to the thing, go wherever you're going to see the Shema Vaya in fire, dig Isis, follow the Shema Vaya. Follow the Shema Vaya. Anyway, he comes to the, in front of the judge the next morning, and the judge says to him, you know, uh, I'm sorry. He goes on the way to go into the judge. Again, he says, do me one favor, let me go back to the Balshemdav. And he comes back to the Balshemdav. And the Balshemdav is still in the same place, in the same words. No, no. Again, so he goes, he doesn't know what to do. He comes there, he comes to the judge, and he says, listen, 
He doesn't even know where he's taking this from. But I just want to tell you, you're going to believe the Sultan that he's telling you that this is the way we make matzahs. You know who he is? This Sultan, he's a priest. And Christianity in Muslim country was the most worst thing in the world. And being a priest of a Christian was even, he's a priest. He goes, yeah, can you prove it? He goes, yeah, I can prove it. Just come with me out of the city and I'm going to be able to prove it. And he really sees, all of a sudden, he sees the Shem Avaya, or before he sees the Shem Avaya, and he starts traveling to wherever he sees the Shem Avaya. They go out of the city, and he comes into the forest, and he comes on a stone. I know this sounds like Cinderella stories, but I'm telling you that I heard this. And he, from this I heard, this is not brought in the breast of his heart, this is brought by, I heard this from the Skolhi Rebbe, that he heard it. I don't know if this is Ishmi Pish, but this is the way he said the story. And there was a rock, and there was a footprint in the rock. And he said, Adonia Sultan, the guy says, Adonia Sultan, put your footprint, your foot in the, tell the, the Shani Lamelch to put his footprint into the footprint of the rock. He puts the footprint in the rock. I know it's Cinderella. The cave opens up and he walks down the steps and it's Mekubal. And they see that there's a church and there are 70 priests. And this, this guy, he's the number one guy in the whole priesthood. It's Mekubal. And anyway, Bekitza, and that was his Yeshua. He saved the Yeshua. He comes back to the Balshemdom and he says to the Balshemdom, What can I do for you to repay you for the Yeshua that you gave me? You know, he felt grateful. And Balshemdom said, I don't want anything. The only thing I want is to go to Eretz Get me on a ship to Eretz and he puts him on the freight. He wants the first ship leaving Chalamite. He doesn't care Chalamite. He wants the first ship to go to Eretz He puts him on the ship. And they start sailing towards Eretz a day into to a day or two into the thing. All of a sudden, there's a storm. But you know what kind of storm? You know, uh, Titanic. I don't know. You saw Titanic? A Titanic storm. The ship is rocking from one side to the other side to the other side to the other side. The Malshantov knows that this is Minishamayim. <laughs> they're not letting him go to, 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 to they're not letting him go to this road. There's the ship. So he goes out and he dominates and he says, listen, Sarah is Shoyam, the Sar of the Yam. It's known the Yam. Everything has a Sar. And he goes to the Sar. Malshantov used to be able to talk. We don't understand, but he spoke to the Malachim. He spoke to the Sar Shoyam and he says, Sar Shoyam, what? Can I give you to be mashed you? I know that they told you in the to make me tzar, but what can I give you that's going to be mashed you? I, I want to go to Eretz so badly. says, "I want the ksavim that you have, that book that he had from Dovid Amelach, the ksav yad of Dovid Amelach." The Sar Shoyam says, "I want." Hashem is devastated. Dovid Amelach's ksavim, but if this is what it takes to go to Eretz I'm willing to do it. And he throws this, the, 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 the book into the yam, and all of a sudden, as soon as he throws the book into the yam, the yam becomes quiet. I know Cinderella, but yeah, this we believe. I'm saying it to myself. We believe, Amunah Shalema, that this is what happened. Anyway, the Breslava version is, and I'm a Kabbalah, this is our version, that Abbas Kol went out from Shemaim and said, don't be, because he had so much pain that he had to throw in the Ksavim of Dovid HaMelech. And I know people are going to question this, even us, we're going to question it, especially, well, I don't want to say who's going to question, but people are going to question it, but don't question, we have to believe it. The Baskol came out and said, don't worry, you're going to have an Enikul that's going to write Shener Ksavim. Shener Ksavim, the Dovid HaMelech, the Rebbe. 
a day, I, all my years, I wasn't able to understand this. I'm starting a little bit to understand when you learn the Rebbe's Swarm, and you're Mekayim, the Rebbe's Eitzes, and you connect to Hashem with the Rebbe's way, you're starting to realize that it's, I don't know if it's Shener, or if it's, it's the same thing. It's, 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 it's the same thing. It's Elikus. No, but Amalek wrote Elikus. The Rebbe wrote Elikus. Yeah, the Moshanda was written to an enigle that brought a remedy for the world forever and ever and ever. Just like David Amalek gave a remedy of Tilim forever and ever. The Rebbe gave a remedy forever and ever. I had to plug that in as my Breslov uh, thing. But anyway, going back to the story, the, a, a day or two goes by. You remember the Hitzchalamoid, and it comes to Akron, so basically a day or two goes by. And the Saras starts again, and the winds go, and uh, okay, I made a deal with you, Mr. Saras We made a deal two days ago, and now all of a sudden you're backing out of the deal. What do you mean? What do you want now? He says, No, I want your daughter, Adel. It was known that Adel was considered one of the Chavraya of the Balshanda. She was an Adel, by the way, was the grandmother of the, of, of the Rebbe. Adel had Fager. Balshanda had Adel, Adel had Fager, and Fager had the Rebbe. Right? Okay, but well, that's a different story. We're talking about the story of the Shem. So, Adel hears it, and Adel says, I'm asking. I'm asking, just like Yitzchok was asking to go on the Akedah. I'm asking, Tata, I know that you're going to come to Israel. If that's what the Yam wants, I'm asking. Baal Shem doesn't know what to do. He's torn, but he wants, he knows that if he goes there, he's going for Klal Yisrael. She's willing to be the serious never. He says to himself, I can't put her into the Yam. He put a, a raft, he took a little rafting boat and put her on the boat. And when he put her into the yam, the yam went crazy. And she was going up and down. That's how he used to say it. It was crazy. They went through a crazy thing. Until Adel, from fear, the pachat was so big, she was screaming to her father, Tata, Tata, help. It's Mekubal Ish Mimpi Ish. Then the Baal Shem stretched out his hand, and as just like it says in the Bas Pari, she stretched out her hand to get the, the bassinet of Moshe Rabbeinu. It says 50 yama, that Baal Shem hand stretched out 50 yama from, from the boat to, to go to, to save his daughter. And instead of pulling her in, by mistake, he pushed her in. I'm sorry, oh, I said it wrong. That he the tried when he heard his wife say his daughter is screaming that she wants to be saved. He tried pulling her in. Instead of pulling her in, he pushed her out. Instead, once he saw that she was pushed out and she was drowning in the water, he stuck out his hand and it stretched on 50 arm and it went into the water and it picked him, picked her up and put her back in the boat. The second they put her back in the boat, <laughs> the boat splits in half. The boat starts sinking. Everybody's running. Oh, save it, save it. All the rafts are coming out. They put everybody in a boat raft and they start rafting and they come until they drift into an island. And it's known that this island was full of cannonballs. You know, cannonballs are mention fresses. Everybody knows the story. My friends call this story the story. You know, I said this sometimes on Africa, so basically on Regency. So they would come listen to the story. I say it too. Ever's around. I hope also this year, just my family, but I'm going to try my neighbors too. Because it's the Ness and it brings tremendous amunah. And that's, that, that, that's really what we're, we're talking that we really believe that Hashem is he can change everything in a second. Look what happened not so long ago. And, and it's not just that the Balshemta, we could be Zorcha, every Yid could be Zorcha. That was the beginning of the story. Anyway, so 
she puts pulls it back into the this mansion Francis they round up all the Bashemta's family and all the people with the boat they tie them up they make this big fire and they're gonna roast the people Rebesh Seifer the son of the Bashemta turns to the Bashemta and goes Tata look what's happening they're gonna kill us come on you 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 got the magic why you can't turn turn it on now you know what I'm saying so Malshemdum says to him, I can't, I don't remember anything from the Rav Bahal of what happened. He lost all his Meichem. He says, I don't remember anything. And this is brought down both. It's documented exactly like this in both places. So he turns around to Reb Hesh, sorry for his son. He says, Reb Hesh, maybe you remember something. So Reb Hesh says, I also don't remember. The only thing I remember is Alibes. So Malshemdum says to him, you remember Alibes? Zog! So he starts saying, Aleph. Bays, that's it's brought down, but that's where the Yeshua happened. And all of a sudden, as they were saying, another eyes and another eyes, the Bashantam got back all his Meichen. And there's two versions to the end of the story. This is the mom is the final of the story is that one version is that a boat came to save them, and 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 they saw that there were, and they the mention presses ran away from, from you know the military boat came and they saved them and they came back to measurements. There's another version to the story that Eliyahu and Avi. And Achi Ashaloni, two of the, the Bashantam used to learn with Achi Ashaloni. Achi Ashaloni was a Navi that was beyond, right? One of the biggest Naveen. Elio Navi was Elio Navi, right? That, those are the Chavrusas of Bashantam. They said that if you're Makabo on yourself, never to attempt to go to Israel again, they took him from there and they put him back in. In 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 Mezubis. I forgot, to, and that's the big nest of the Mashemta was Mitzava Lebanon that they, they say that he should say we should say over the story every year. This nest happened on Achron Shal Pesach, and this is the time of Nisim because Pesach is the time of Nisim. I should say and this is the time that we remember that with these Nisim we could do it. We can. We understand that there's the opportunity. We can connect Hashem. We have Kriyas Yamsov. David was Mahapech Yabosha Tiyam. We should all be Zaycha to see the Geula Pratis and the Geula Klolis and to believe in the Nisim. How? By connecting to the Tzaddikim and believing the stories of Tzaddikim and believing that it's capable to happen to each and every single one of us. We should be Zoycha, the whole Freed family. Amen. There's one little add tidbit I'll add to the story that, the, that I heard from the scholar Rebbe. I just reminded myself that when they ran from the boat, they ran, they ran from the boat to the rafts, Rebbe Her Seifer was sleeping. The son of Al-Jandar was sleeping. And Achia Shaloni, or Eliyahu came and put him into the raft. And he would show his whole lifetime down his arm, the imprint of the hand of Eliyahu we believe that everything that we're saying is, is true, and, and we're asking Hashem again, please bring us back. Someday, not the someday, this day, we should all be together. That's right, Hashem. I love you all. Have a great, wonderful Yom It's a long story. I hope you have the patience. <laughs> Take care. Bye.